Today on the Relationship Revival Show, I'm joined with Nina Mandelson. Nina Mandelson is a body peace coach. She helps people end the war with food and body and finally feel truly at home in their body as it is. She's known for her deeply feminist, anti-diet, body peace approach. She brings her 30 years of experience as a therapist, nationally board certified health and wellness coach, body trust guide, and psychology of eating teacher to helping women create a respectful and trusting relationship with their food and body. Nina's body piece work is all in service of helping people get off the diet roller coaster and into a compassionate and powerful way of eating and living, which creates a positive, long-lasting change in and with their bodies. Her courses, coaching, and poetry positively change the conversation that women are having with their body. And she also writes body poems as a way to encourage a shift in the way we talk to and about our body. You can learn more about her at ninamandelson.com. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Talking with Nina Mandelson, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to have you because for me, whenever I can get someone who has a really sharp and different perspective of the world than my own on the show, it's exciting. It's a, it's an opportunity for me to learn. And one of the things that I've seen in my own practice, which you're kind of an expert on, is there's a lot of insecurity. There's a lot of kind of shaky ground that a lot of the women who come into my practice um, you know, have in their lives. And, and a lot of it has to do with body consciousness, where they are at the beginning of the relationship, where they are maybe after a pregnancy or as they age and the body doesn't just bounce back into shape. You know, I mean, I have a client where she's, she's, (laughs) and then I'll let you kind of run with this, but I, just to give you an example, like I have a, I have a couple and the, the woman has been running on a treadmill after some surgeries to kind of correct some issues after childbirth. And she's been running for like a year now every day. And she's just stuck where she's like, my body's not changing. And she's working out harder than she ever has. And she's dieting and she's, and her husband loves the way she looks, but it's self it's for herself. And she's Mm -hmm. so frustrated. And I found myself going, you know, I have limited tools in how to kind of guide her because I've never been in a woman's body. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to kind of identify with it. I was a chubby Jewish kid my whole life. And I have a, I have, you know, my own relationship that's very bad with food, but you know, it's still different. It's a totally different perspective. So Welcome to the show, and I'm going to let you kind of tell people what you do and 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 um, how you got here. Let's start with yeah, that. yeah. Before I even get into that, I just need to respond. There's so many things to unpack in that story that you said. Yes, and so I want to come back to them. One is this idea of getting my body back, right? right? As though there's this place to get back to. That's one. The other is what does my partner think of my body? Right. And how does that impact my sense of sensuality, sexuality, confidence, um, sense of 
um, empowerment in the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. That's another one. And the other is this idea of changing bodies and how do we, men and women, experience this process of bodies that change? Because we do. Mm-hmm. We absolutely do. That's yeah. a fact of life. So I want to come back to all those because they're really, really juicy um, conversations and issues that are worth digging into. And she is not alone. I talk to women every day who are like, I'm trying so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Another piece to unpack in there is this idea of how does stress impact our body, yeah, right? Absolutely. Even the internal stress of I want to get my body back, which we may think is a positive goal, but actually is impacting us negatively. I love all this. You know, it's a funny thing. I'm so much in my head and in the emotional world that when my clients have these issues, I'm just like, well, you can exercise. It's good for you. And that's kind of where the conversation starts. I mean, stops. It's like, (laughs) and, and, and I'm, and I'm never like prescribing it for changing your body. For me, it's like, just get the endorphins going. It's good for your head. So it's just like, I'm just, I have no okay. connection even to my own okay. body for the most part. So this is, I feel like I'm going to get a masterclass. Okay. This is such a great conversation because literally like where you are like, this is, it ends. This is where I begin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is women's like, you know, we were chatting before and you're a relationship coach. And when I'm on a plane and someone says, Nina, what do you do? Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, there's no point in me saying I'm a body peace coach. Cause who knows what the heck that is. Right. So I often say I'm a relationship coach, but or I work a with a counselor or something a like couples that, yeah. counselor. I'm mm-hmm. a couples counselor, but instead of, working with a woman and her partner, I'm working with a woman and her body because this is a primary relationship. Yeah. Our relationship with our body is a primary relationship. It impacts every other relationship in our life. And in fact, it's the longest relationship of our life. We're born into this body. We're going to die in this body. And so how we feel in this body Mm -hmm. impacts how we show up in a picture. If we show up in a picture, the yeah. countless women I've talked to say there's like 10 years, there's no pictures of me because I felt like my body was too big to be in a picture. Yeah. It's so, you know, I started, you probably don't know this about me, but I started on my path years ago, uh, kind of on a rabbinic track. I was going to be an Orthodox rabbi. That's kind of how I got into this work. Obviously didn't take completely, but I, it's so fa- I love what you said about the relationship with the, we have with our body is the longest relationship. It makes me think of, you know, there's this custom in the Jewish tradition where after someone dies, you don't leave the body alone for 24 hours. And the reason is because the soul is so attached to the body. It just kind of hangs around because that's our sense of identity. So it's, it's so, it's so powerful. I mean, what you're talking about and really improving that relationship you have to your own body yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited because I I feel like I need I need this talk more than anybody right now. So, <laughs> but John, there again, there's like you and I obviously could talk for a long time because yeah. it's a subspecialty of mine is Jewish women and food. I literally okay. teach a class called Jewish women and food. It's complicated because yeah. it is. It's there's it is, so yeah. many layers that are, and it's not just Jewish women. I see it in Indian families. I see it in Chinese families. Sure. Sometimes Italian families. There's a high expectation. for women and this idea of what it means to be a woman and what our bodies should look like and what is beauty and what is the standard that we're, you know, this high achieving, capable of all things standard. Oh my God. I have so many tangents I can go on, but I'll save it because I don't want to stay a little focused. 
Okay, so let me answer the first question you asked, which is how did I come to this work? So I, similar to you, I was not in a great relationship with my body. And I grew up um, in Canada, I grew up in Montreal, and there's a French saying, je me sens bien dans ma peau, I feel good in my skin. And I heard that growing up and I was like, I have no idea what the heck they mean by that. Because I was constantly in the war. I was on a diet when I was nine years old and, and then continued on diets for decades. So there was this constant management model that was going on in my relationship with food and body. I need to be eating this. I don't, I cannot be eating that. Oh my gosh, I blew it. Let me try again tomorrow. What's the new diet? Wait, what's the new book that's out? Let mm -hmm. me get that book. Oh, let me weigh this and measure this and count this and track this. And oh, it's exhausting. And literally how I knew I was so ready for a change was when I was bored with the conversation inside my own head yeah. about what I just ate and how my belly looked and how my underarms were flapping and my butt. Like, I'm like, really? There are more important things for me to be thinking about and talking about and spending my time with. We have all of us as human beings on this planet, right? This is a Jewish uh, concept of tikkun olam. We're here to do good work in this world. Mm -hmm. We're not yeah. here to obsess about it. We, we might have coined a phrase, but I think that's a human concept. You know, <laughs> it, is, it is a human concept. Not everybody, you know. Shares it, right. Shares yeah. it. But it is a human concept of yeah. we're here to do good things. We're not here to obsess about what our body looks like. That's yeah. not a good use of our time. Better and things to do with our time. Absolutely. So much better. More. So that awareness took me to this place of, you know what, this has got to change. And so what started as a personal journey became a professional journey. I became a therapist. I got a master's in counseling. And then I got into psychology of eating and body trust work and intuitive eating work. And out of that came the body of work that I've created, which is body peace. So that's something I've trademarked. And it's a process of how do we come home to our body and have a relationship that feels supportive, that feels caring, that feels nourishing, that feels respectful, that feels trusting, that feels like, yes, this is a good place to live. I'm not at war with my body every day. I'm not looking in the mirror and giving myself the side eye of like, mm, that's not okay. I'm mm -hmm. actually on my side. I'm an ally, right? It's a similar, I imagine, when you're looking at relationships and couples, you know, is there an adversarial relationship or is there an allyship here? And if mm -hmm. there's an adversarial relationship in, with our body, it's painful and it sucks the life out of us. It's energetically exhausting. So body peace work is really that journey back to feeling like, yeah, this is a good place to live. I get to live here and I get to feel good. I love, I, I love everything I'm hearing. How, what does it actually look like? What does the body piece work process look like? Are they counseling sessions? Do you teach it in like a digital course? Like how does it, how do you actually transmit this, yeah. you know, to your clients or to your students? Yeah. So there's different ways. I've been doing this work for 30 years. So there's many different ways. Some people work with me individually. A lot of the work I've found works really well in groups. So I have small groups of women, sort of different, mm -hmm. um, cohorts and we yeah. work together through this process either in body peacekeepers groups or body peace seekers groups because it's an incredible unlearning 
that we have to do to unplug from this place of counting, managing. So there's that. And then there's also, I've created an app, Body Peace app, to put resources and, and tools into women's hands that has Body Peace meditations, many of my Body Peace poems, Body Peace Masterclass, which is free. So there's mm -hmm. different ways to engage in the work. And one way that I would say is a great way for people to start, um, which you can find both in the app um, and on my website, which is ninamandelson.com, is the b Practicing Body Peace Journal. Because in it are 20 questions that I would ask you if we were sitting in a room together. 20 mm -hmm. questions to get clear on how is this relationship with your body going? Where did mm -hmm. you learn it? What are you saying <coughs> to yourself? How long has this been going on? Yeah. Right? To really get clear is, is this a relationship that's working for you, with you? And do you want to have it shift? Yeah. That sounds great. So your app, is it available on the App Store, mm -hmm. on Android, on iPhone, on both? All of the above. If you search body-peace, uh -huh. um, you'll find me. And okay. it's there. And there's great uh, resources. That's fantastic. And I love the meditation. I'm a big proponent of meditation mm -hmm. and breathing exercises and journaling. Poems are, are new to me. I haven't seen an app with poetry. Do you write them to yourself? I do. So I um, started writing poems a while ago because I had been writing blogs and articles about our relationship. But it's, again, coming in from this intellectual place. And mm -hmm. I was like, there's a deep emotional relationship that we have with our body. Um, and John, if you're willing, I would love to share sort of one of my more relationship oriented uh, poems with you. Yeah, sure. Go for okay. it. Okay. So this one is called, and I thought you might appreciate it because it's about a couple relationship. And this mm -hmm. is autobiographical. I'll just be really vulnerable <laughs> about this. So it's sure. called Don't Touch My Belly. This is totally about my husband and I. <laughs> We were in bed together, touching all the places for delight. But out of my mouth came, don't touch my belly. And I moved his hand away. Away from the part of me that I thought was too big, too much, not flat enough, not appealing. My mind had been seduced into sensation, was suddenly trapped in self-criticism. Self-consciousness took me out of my body. I lost my own experience of aliveness. I lost connection to my mate, to the moment, to myself. Society's absurd ideals of what is sexy got into bed with me. I want to say, I now say, get the hell out of my bed, out of my body. This pleasure is mine. This belly is mine. And then I put his hand on my belly because that's sexy too. Bravo. That's nice. I like that. That's so fun. And I could see how being vulnerable and, and sharing that and putting it into articulate words in an app is it could be so empowering for for other people to read. That's great. What happens, what I found is um, the women who explore my poetry, there's a lot of things that I'm saying and putting mm -hmm. in words and putting into feelings that women have held in shame. Oh, yeah. I don't tell anybody about that. That's a secret. 
right? And shame keeps us stuck, right? Stuck in the darkness. Mm -hmm. So what it does is, you know, and this is Brene Brown's idea around shame, right? If we can get it out into the light, the shame dissipates. It's why I work with groups of women. It's why I write the poetry is let's unpack this shame. Where did we learn it? Where did we get it? Whose idea of sexy do we have in our head? Is it mm -hmm. like watching J-Lo? Is that our idea of sexy? And is that really true? Or is that just, you know, Hollywood indoctrinating us? Like, let's get real. That's so interesting. I mean, I have my own issues. So you were you were transparent and kind of vulnerable a little bit. Thank you for sharing that. I'll I'll kind of dive in a little on my own and see what kind of advice. But now that you're kind of saying it, because I went on a diet and I went on like a year journey with exercise and diet and I lost 70 pounds, gained it all back. But I remember like there was a point where and I have gout. I got it from my father. They thought it was food related. That was part of the impetus. Um, but I was, you know, I was always like the chubby kid. So for me, it was always a struggle to, to kind of feel comfortable in my skin. Like you said, <clears throat> there was one point where I was on this kick where I was eating a lot of almonds and spinach omelets and things. And I got kidney stones mm -hmm. as a result. And I'm sitting there in the hospital and I'm like, you know what, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I was like, what the, <laughs> this is this. And I was, and my wife was like, how bad could it be? Cause she's never had mm -hmm. it. So I had to literally find articles saying that kidney stones are more pregnant than labor pains, according to pregnant women, you know, mm -hmm. that who've given birth. And yeah. I was like, look, look, you know, <laughs> it really hurts. And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. But I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I'm not, you know, like, yeah, I look better in pictures, but I don't even take that many. I was like, I don't know. So it was, it was an interesting kind of, and, and I still stayed on the diet for a while. And, you know, it was, it was, but I remember telling my brother who's like anti-diet, I was like, you know, I'm kind of miserable. I was like, I just don't have, I have a totally different relationship with food. And then I became the guy who always talks about my new exercise routine. And I hate those guys. Right. You know, and I was like, what the hell's going on? But John, there's so, so it, many it things that are important in what you said. The first that I really want to say, because people go like, I was on this diet, I lost all this weight, and then I gained back. Here are the statistics. 95%, 95% of people who go on diets gain their weight back, if not more, in two to five years. Right. Yep. So think about this in a car analogy. There's a car on the lot and they're like, this is a great car, but in two years it's going to stop working and it's going to start driving back. Would you like it? Right. You'd be like, no, this is the most ridiculous product. And yet there's a 72, $72 billion industry selling us that our body is not okay. Now, part of it is, you know what? You have a health issue. You should lose weight. Now, yeah. This is where it gets, we have to sort of like pull that apart because the reality is, is there is no evidence-based studies that say that diets actually work. What often works is that when people go on a diet, they start moving more, they start drinking more water, they start thinking about what would support me. And some of those things are going to help our sense of well-being, but being restrictive saying no to ourselves, being on this control kick makes us that guy who's talking about the diet, who's everybody's like, seriously, really? You're going right. to tell us, you know, oh, you shouldn't eat this. And like, it, really the buzzkill person. And it's also going to kick up our desire for autonomy, 
we all have a very internal, strong part of us that's like, don't tell me what to do. It's our inner rebel. And we want to honor him or her. So when we put ourselves into this control mode, the inner rebel is going to be like, I do not want to do that. And then we're going to end up in the diet cycle. I don't want to do this. I'm failing. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I failed again. Look at me. I'm back where I started. Oh, I feel so bad. I'm just so ashamed. You know, I should do something. Really, I should do something. Maybe, oh, look, there's a new book. Maybe keto, maybe intermittent fasting, maybe paleo. Maybe I'll go old school and go, I don't know, grapefruit diet again. Like ridiculous, ridiculous, right? But it's easy to say this doesn't work. So what does work? What works is actually focusing on the relationship you have with your food and body. And what that means is starting to look at where am I right now? Am I in management? Right? Am I just always in hate? And then how do we shift out of that? And that's one of the things that my Body Peace Masterclass that's on my um, website and my app, that class really walks you through how do you shift that kind of relationship? How do you get out of the trap of, oh, I'm going to just do it right. Tomorrow, I'm going to do it right. Because then we're never feeling good about ourselves. And if we're never feeling good about ourselves, it's hard to feel good in relationship, whether it's with a partner, whether it's this kid, whether it's with our friends or our coworkers, because we're always a little bit down on ourselves internally. Yeah. So there's a big mind shift that needs to happen. I mean, it's for me, it's like finding that place. And there, someone who's listening to this, who's just blessed with being, you know, naturally having an easy time with their body mm-hmm. might be so confusing. Like my kids are all very skinny for whatever reason. I guess they take after their mom. Like they just, they, if anything, they have a hard time gaining weight. Mm-hmm. And, but they all have very po- body positive images of themselves, which is, we, we're very, you know, my wife's also, she's a therapist. Mm-hmm. So it, we've been very careful about promoting, you know, being comfortable in your skin. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, when you're on the other side, when you're someone like me, who's always struggled with it, finding that balance of like, okay, well, I'm just going to treat myself and enjoy food and and exercise in a way that makes me happy. And then you go to the doctor's office and you're like looking at a stat that says you're morbidly obese. And it's like, I don't feel morbidly obese or you're, or, you know, the doctor says, well, you could lose a few here. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. Okay. But then it just re-triggers everything. It does. Okay. So there's a couple of things in what you're saying. One is when you said it's a mindset shift. Yes. And It's also a how do I be in my body and actually hear my body and listen to my body, right? How do I embody? That's a big part of this work because most of us live from our head up and it's Mm -hmm. what am I thinking and a little bit what am I feeling? Some people, some people better than others, but very few are. And what does my body say? What are my sensations speaking? What am I hungry? Am I full? When am I hungry? What do I need to eat? Right? So there's that whole piece. Then you brought up the whole doctor piece, which I have a big rant about that. Because if doctor's main initiative is do no harm, and you bring somebody into your office, and the first thing you do is ask them to get on the scale, which then triggers them to feel bad about themselves, start controlling their food, and then get into the diet cycle, you are doing harm. So just one, just quick tip, do not get weighed. 
you can say, don't, don't, put, get weighed. don't put me on the scale. You are harming I've me. I've never heard that before. That's so interesting. You are harming That's my so well-being, my mental health, my peace of mind, and my relationship with my body when you weigh me. I did okay. that for my daughter. I do that for myself. They're like, yes, but we need to know. I'm like, I'll tell you, I've been sort of around the same you know, I gain some in the winter, I lose some in the summer. I'm around the same. Uh -huh. If I gain a lot or if I lose suddenly, I will let you know. Yeah. But really ask Taking me. Taking it back. It's such a it's such a weird concept because I'm not I I have an assertive personality, but when it comes to the doctor's office, suddenly I become the most passive man you've ever met. And so Maybe. the idea of saying no, I don't want to be weighed, I'm like, it, it's 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 mind blowing. It's like you could say no to a doctor, absolutely, you know? <laughs> absolutely. And there was a time I was had a had a surgery that I was needed to do. And so we were just uh -huh. having the conversation, like, is this really necessary? Do I have to do this procedure? And she was like, can you hop on the scale? And I was like, no. And she was like, and I was like, we're actually just talking. And she was like, well, we'll need your weight for the surgery for an the anesthesia to calculate. I was like, great. Well, let's stop that conversation. Then we're just talking if I actually have to be in surgery at all. She's like, oh, good point. Mm -hmm. Okay, never mind. Then I talked to an anesthesia nurse who was like, that's not even true, Nina. I don't need people's weight to know how much anesthesia they need. I'm looking at their metrics. I'm watching a million other things, not their weight. Yeah. Wow. So the one time I did feel completely justified, I will tell you the one time I felt completely justified stepping on a scale was the one time I went bungee jumping <laughs> and I said, I said, okay, you need to know which harness I need. I get that. <laughs> okay, That's fair. Safety yeah. <laughs> How much of a spring do I need to get this person back up to where I'm going? Where right. I'm going? I'd right. say that. Although when you're go when you're going up and down, it does feel like dieting. It's like, oh no, I'm back in the yo-yo state. It's <laughs> funny. Oh, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. Um, people can find you through your app, the Body Peace app. People, you, I'm sure you also have a very extensive website. Why don't you share the URL and any yeah. other way that you think people can get the most out of the brilliant message you're spreading? Oh. So you can find me at bodypeacewithnina.com, all one word, Body Peace with Nina, and Body Peace app, Body Dash Peace. It's on the App Store. It's on the Android Store. Um, yeah, and I'm on all social media. And really, my take-home message for people is like, don't be in the war anymore. You don't have to be. This was a, this was a war that was imposed on you. You can actually claim peace for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking back to all the matzo ball soups and how I can win that war back. <laughs> <laughs> Nina Mandelson, thank you so much for being here. John, thank you. If you're interested in learning how to get the absolute most out of your romantic relationships, then you're in luck because I have put together a free workshop or masterclass, if you will, about three secrets that people in happy relationships have discovered. You can view the workshop at mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. Again, it's completely free. Just go there and watch it. It'll help you on your journey, give you some wisdom, some things to think about. The website again is mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. That's mrspirituality.com slash the number three, the word secrets. It's all yours. Enjoy. <laughs>